Uh, I was glad to see a few faces. There was two people here at 10 o'clock, so I was like, well, you know, maybe this is the last church service ever, but uh, we rallied, so I always think that. I mean, it's still a little PTSD from the early days. Um, real quick, uh, probably caught the uh, earthquake in Haiti happening right now. Just want you know, sort of our response as a church. We work with an organization called Convoy of Hope. And it's a faith-based organization that just gets on the ground very quickly in disasters. So it's uh, whether that's in, in it's here, it's in the south, or it's overseas. Uh, I've been supporting and working with them for a long time. So our initial response, anytime something happens, like, all right, we're just going to send money right away. Like, let's just do that while we figure out the details. Because sometimes, what can I do right now? Like, here, here's money, distribute water, just go, just go do something. And then we'll listen along the way and see if there's uh, other things we can jump into. There's a, ch- a couple children's villages there we work with very closely as well. So keeping track of them. Uh, call it hands and, hands and Feet. Uh, it's a clean water organization. So I, I know a friend of mine called me yesterday. He said, hey, if you know any medical professionals who want to go, we're di- taking a little strike team down there. So if, you, if that's something that interests you or you know somebody, um, has to have some you know, ability to administer help, not just go for a tourist trip. But uh, let me know. I can kind of get in touch with them. So that's sort of where we're at. We'll keep monitoring that stuff. I think it's important for the church to be aware because we think we have all these problems and you see something like that. And you're like, oh my gosh, our life is so, so easy. So uh, that's Haiti. Uh, a couple other things coming up. We've got a kind of a fall launch Sunday coming up in September. I think it's the 13th. Someone could check me on that math, but it's a Sunday after Labor Day. We're just going to kind of, you know, cast some vision here. We we'll get our kids' programming lined up. Uh, after service, we're going to go to Hobart Park, get a taco truck, and sort of hang out, get to know some one another. We're going to do name tags and sort of regroup because there's just been a lot of movement here in the past number of months. People coming and going. So excited for that. That'll be in the newsletter. I think it was. So uh, keep track of that. Uh, rescue mission first Tuesday. That's on there. We got some families coming in for that next week uh, or next next month. But yeah, good thing. So. Kind of hard today. It was just um, we're going to get in some a little bit more series in the fall, but kind of week to week a little bit through the summer, which is uh, sometimes harder for me, sometimes easier. But this this week I just sort of felt like for a couple weeks I'm going to talk about forgiveness. This idea of forgiveness, which is just more and more such an asset we need uh, as human beings, especially as the church. And I'm like I'm like Amy, do you have any like good stories of forgiveness? And she's like, I have lots of stories of forgiveness of you. I'm like, oh okay, well that's not exactly what I was looking for, but but you know, fair enough. But the Bible offers an abundance of guidance on how to relate to one another, right? There's all these passages and stories and verses, how do we relate to one another? Uh, There's structure, how to be human, like in a good way. How do we be fully human in the way God designed us as we interact, our interpersonal relationships, or with the stranger, or with the other, with the brother, the sister, the friend, right? And practicing forgiveness is right up there near the top. It's one of those themes that just continues to come up. Jesus spends a lot of time on the, the writers of the epistles, the letters, spend a lot of uh, time on. Right, a couple quick verses. This is penned in letters. First century missionary Paul plants these churches. There's these new church communities. He's reminding them these things. He's, he's, he's letting them know these things that are very important. Letter to the Thessalonians says this, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. Oh, well, he did wrong to me, so I'm going to get him back. I'm going to get him back which is sort of our kind of fleshy response. Oh, I'm going to get them back. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Letter to Colossians in chapter 3. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If anyone of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And how do we forgive? As the Lord forgave you. As the Lord forgave me. Matthew 18 this parable we'll look at. 
Peter wants to know more about this. Peter wants to know more about this forgiveness idea. And he goes to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? How many times should I, should I forgive them? Up to seven times? Peter's like, Peter thinks he's being generous here. Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven times. So people do things against us. If, you've, if you're here and you're a people, someone has done something against you, right? They, they've, they've trespassed on you in some way, right? And we love a line. We like, we like to know, where is the line? When, when can I cut this person off? Like, how much is too much? How far is too far? How much have I put up with before that's it? And this is a little bit old, old covenant thinking. It's a little more legalistic. It's a law. Peter's looking for that. He's like, tell me a number. I just want to know a number. And Jesus throws out oh, seven times, 70 times, seven times. Right? And Peter's thinking about a case when someone repeatedly sins against you. So he's, he's like, well, three, seven, that's a lot of times for like the same thing. Seven times? And the Jewish rabbis at that time, which Peter would have been sort of living under their guidance in the tr Jewish tradition, they were required, those who follow the law, to forgive a person who was guilty of the same offense three times. Right? So, so that was sort of their generous act. Hey, you get three times. And Peter knows this. He's like, hey, three times. But he knows Jesus is a little different. He knows Jesus is pushing things a little further. and He's kind of picking up on Jesus. So he throws out this huge number, seven. That he's probably proud of. Oh, seven times? It must be close on that. Jesus is like, oh, no, no, not, not even. Not even close. Right? For, from the mindset of, the, of, of Peter and the Jewish tradition and the rabbis, it's like, oh, you're, you're, after a certain amount of time, three times, you're free to stop forgiving. Right? In that mindset, the offending person has exhausted all their opportunities, all their reason to be forgiven. Oh, they've gone too far. Sorry, I do not forgive you anymore. I do not have to forgive you anymore. Right? And Peter, knowing Jesus' standard, we hired, he, he goes with this number. But Jesus throws back like seven times? Man, try 70 times, seven times. Some translations read 70 times. The point is, is really just this big number. Like, don't stop counting. Don't stop counting. Right? Almost as if he said, oh, infinity times. Peter, infinity times infinity. Like it, it, there's no line. Right? Jesus is saying, if you feel like you've reached the threshold, that line of forgiveness, he says, go past it. Keep going. But what if they did this? Yeah, do it. Keep going. Doesn't mean you have to be best friends. It doesn't mean you have to stay in some sort of hurtful or abusive relationship. That's not what he's saying, but forgiveness comes from the heart, from within. I mean, this is, sometimes this is family members, and it's really hard. It's really hard, right? You need to forgive. Now, forgiveness can cover a lot, right? Some relationships that, that, that we've, we've, we've been in, some of us, or been around, couples, marriage, for a long time, you know something, there's been an affair. That's hard stuff, right? And scripturally, adultery is, is grounds for divorce. Like, yeah, you're, you're free to get out. You can get out of that one. It's grounds for divorce, but it's also grounds for forgiveness, Right? We all know people who've made it through that. Well, they could have got out, but they kept going. And again, if you didn't get in, you're in a different situation, there is a time to get out. Don't, don't hear me wrong. But as much as, oh, i got a free pass, I'm out now, it's also grounds for forgiveness. So Jesus tells this story. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of heaven, where, where, where God reigns and rules, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. This is Matthew 18, 23 and, and following. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children, all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. 
right? So 10,000 uh, bags of gold or denarii. It's a massive amount of money. This is an astrological amount of money, right? 10,000 talents. A, a talents would be worth 20 years, 20 years of, of, of a laborer's, a day, 20, 20 years of days of a laborer's wages. One talent, 20 years of, of wages. So we're up to like 200,000 years of labor to pay back this guy, right? 60 million days of work is what we're talking about. That's, that's what's on the table here in this story. Here's what you owe me. You owe me 60 million days of work, right? One talent made a rich man. This is 10,000 talents, right? You could talk about billions of dollars today. The point is this, he's not gonna be able to pay it back. He's not gonna be able to pay it back. Right? In the ancient world, it, it, was, it was practice, cruelty was practiced against people in debt. Right? The debtor, the debtor kind of owned that person, right? often without regard of if they can do it or not. Right? Athens, prior to the establishment of, of democratic rights, a creditor could demand slave labor. You could do that. Hey, you owe me money, taking you. You're now my slave. I could take members of your family. Now you're my slave. Right? Roman law provided imprisonment for, for debtors. So it was like a big deal, and this guy can do whatever he wants kind of owes him now, owns him now, right? 10,000 talents. He has no shot at paying that back. And at this, a servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. I will pay back everything. I just need more time. Right? This is like the movies when someone's in trouble. I just need more time, one more day. Someone who's racked up a huge debt. I just need more time. I can do it. I can do it. Right? And some of us are, are, are this way in our interaction with, with God. Like we're working our way out. Right? We're rich in resolution. Sometimes this is in our relationships with people. I just need more time. Be patient. I'll work it out. I'll figure it out. But when we're talking about the gravity of this debt, you don't need patience. You need forgiveness. We don't need patience when we can need forgiveness. Such is our relationship with God. I'll just be patient with me. I'll get my life in order. I will figure it out. I'll get perfect. No, you'll never get there. You'll never get there. You need forgiveness. You just need forgiveness. So the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, let him go. You deserve to be enslaved. You deserve I take everything. He said, no, no, be, be, be patient with me. You know what? Let's just forget about it. I, your debt is forgiven. It's gone. Let's forget about it. Don't try to pay me back. It's done. So this servant, he comes out and he finds one of his fellow servants who, who owed him some money. Owed him some money, around a hundred silver coins or a hundred denarii. And a denarii was usually about a day's wage. So this is not as much money. Say, say this is like $2,000. The guy owes him $2,000. And he grabs him, text says. He begins to choke him pay back what you owe me he demanded like what this guy just received this massive amount of forgiveness this guy just got his life back his future is opened up and now he's going after somebody else his fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him be patient with me and i'll pay it back ah here's an opportunity here's the opportunity to to to, to give the grace that's been given to you i'm sure he'll forgive his debt no but he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown into prison so he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw this, saw what had happened, they were outraged and went to told their master everything that happened. Right, here's a guy who has been given much, but doesn't even give a little. 
Right? He's forgiven but does not forgive. You and I, church, if you're in relationship with God, if you've experienced the, the grace of Jesus Christ, forgiven people should be forgiving people. That's it. We're the first guy. Right? We owe an amount of debt that we cannot pay back. And we've been extended this grace. And forgiven people should be forgiving people. Master then, called the servant in, you wicked servant. I canceled all your debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed, which is not going to happen. And this is, Jesus, Jesus said this in verse 35, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Ouch, Jesus. Right, because that first act is so encouraging. Ah, oh, the king just forgives. We're all forgiven. Bring your debt. He loves everybody. It's so easy. But then this, that's not all. He demands a lifestyle of forgiveness in his kingdom. To forgive someone means to release them from the liability right, to, of, of, of a suffering punishment or penalty. Release someone from their debt. It's not denying there's a debt. So hear that. It's not denying there's a debt. It's choosing to release them from the debt like the king. He didn't say, oh, you don't, you don't actually owe me anything anyway. No, no, we realize you owe me a lot. There is a huge amount you owe me. You've done a lot of wrong here. But I'm releasing you from that. Right? And for this, the first servant, his awareness that he's been released from such debt should inspire, obviously, forgiveness of others. Release him as he's been released. Forgive as he's been forgiven. I was in checkout the other day. I was a little bit of a hurry, and uh, it was moderately busy. And I had some, uh, you know, few items in my hands. And you know, cars like five items in my hands, and I'm, you know, you kind of do the pass through, trying to, trying to like, you know, assess the situation, checking out cards, looking at who's going to try to pay by check, and like, uh, who had coupons. Like, I don't want to get behind that guy. I don't like the coupon guy. The check guy drives me crazy. But trying to find someone who looks like they, they kind of will go fast. <laughs> And I get in line with a couple of cards in front of me that don't look too bad, and, it, and it's kind of moving. There's a woman in front of me, she has a bunch of stuff, but you know, whatever. And she's, she's leans over to the next lane, and I kind of check in and out. I'm thinking, oh wow, like maybe she's, that's bold. She's gonna jump lanes now? Like she's getting, she's like one, one or two people back. She kind of leans over and looks it out. And she taps this guy on the shoulder who was kind of parallel to her, and he had this basket, right? I don't know, probably twice as many items as I had, it's this basket. And she taps this guy in the shoulder and says, hey, please, come in front of me. Come, come in front of me. And she's, he's like, are you sure? She's like, yes, 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 please. I have all this stuff, and you just have this basket of stuff. And he goes, oh, are you sure? She's like, I'm sure, yeah, please come in there. But you know what? I'm not sure because I was behind the lady, and now I'm behind this guy, right? I have just been set back. Like, that's all fun and games and nice. I'll be that nice person, but what about me? You just pushed me back in the line. Now I'm behind this guy and you. And I thought for a second about throwing out some kind of playfully sarcastic, like jokey, let's let everyone know what happened and just, you know, smile. So I'm not that serious, but I'm serious. Like, you shouldn't have done that. Like, you know the move and you kind of throw these things out there. Like, oh, wow. Like, I know, I think he was joking, but I think he was kind of hurt by that. Like, I was going to throw that and, you know, and my better self prevailed. And I just stood there for an extra three minutes, right? I got through it. And I thought, you know, how many times have I made a decision that has impacted someone else negatively and they either let it go or just forgave me? Let it go or forgave me. Stuff I don't even know about. How many times have I said something? And someone's like, oh, you know what, let me let it go. I'm going to forgive them. 
I've made a choice that like seemed good in the moment. Oh, that's a nice thing to do now. But well, what about that person? What about that person? And really, I'm going to be upset. The things I've done to annoy people are countless. So I let it go. Who cares? But sometimes people do things to us, do things to you that don't just set you back a place, excuse me, a place in line, but you feel like they've set you back a place in life. And that gets a little harder. Someone has done something and in their mind it was, it was the right move. And all of a sudden you're now, now I'm back here. Man, that really is throwing me off. Now I got to sort that out. It's not a place in line. You feel like it's a place in life. This happens in families. This happens in workplaces. This happens with our friends. This happens with strangers. I've just been set back now because of something this person has done. And what do we do? Well, we forgive. Because forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. You feel like forgiving? No. I feel like being angry. I feel like holding it against you forever. I feel like being bitter. I feel like letting you know I'm unhappy with you for days and days and months, sometimes years. People will throw a cold shoulder. This happens in our families, family gatherings. You just sort of like, mm. I mean, you just know it's just tense. I'm going to hang on to it. Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. It's a choice to not keep a record of wrongs, which is love. It's not to say forgive you, but never really let it go. And we have to purpose ourselves. If you have something, this can be against a person. This can be against God. Because some of us have some stuff against God. But you purpose yourself, I am not going to think about this incident. I'm not going to bring up this instant incident again to use against you. I will not talk to others about this incident. I will not allow this incident to stand between us or hinder our relationship. Because it's so easy, I forgive you, but then you go and gossip about it. Then you go talk to your whole family about, oh, if I forgive them, but then you just go behind their back. Right? And it's just, sometimes it's hard. Forgiveness isn't excusing. Right? It, it was wrong. It's the opposite of excusing. And the fact that forgiveness is needed says that the person did something wrong. So yeah, it was wrong. And sometimes you don't get an apology. Well, I'm waiting for an apology. Pfft, too bad. Sometimes you don't get that. You forgive anyway. And choosing to forgive will not change what happened. Right, it will not change the past, but it will change your future. It will change your future when you let that stuff go. I'm going to have a worship team come up and we'll start to wrap up. Right, and there may be people who have come into your life. Listen, this is, this is going to be crazy and hard. And you, you'll, everyone's like, oh, I know that person. There may be a people who have come into your life who are in your life right now just to teach you how to let things go, just to teach you how to forgive. Oh, boy, I got one of those. And they are laying it on thick. Man, but what if that? Jesus said, hey, I want you to learn how to let things go, how to forgive. Like what an opportunity to be the first servant to practice what one has experienced. But that guy, he hangs on. You've just been forgiven all this debt, billions of dollars. Let it go. But he hangs on. And when we hang on, we get bitter. We all know bitter people still talking about the same thing that went wrong years and years ago. That person who screwed them over. We hang on, we get bitter. That's so destructive. Writer Anne Lamott says this. This is amazing. Bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Like you cannot change what's going on around you. Sometimes you can, but you can't always change what's going around you. Until you change what's going on within you, inside you. So this is more, even for the closing few minutes, what do you need to let go? 
right? Someone who has wronged you, who owes you, who hurts you, who's taken from you, set you back in line. Why do you need to let go? Think about all the goodness and grace that's been extended to you that you are withholding from others. What grace in your life, what mercy, what gifts, what open doors, what, what favor, what resources do you have in your life? That's a gift. And yet you're withholding the gift of grace from someone else. But I forgive readily. Not because I'm so great, because I'm so not. I realize how much I've been given. So we need to let some stuff go this morning. If you have that, it's time to let it go. Let's pray to forgive. This may just be between you and God. Maybe it's a conversation with somebody. Maybe this morning, this is just the beginning of the process. Like, oh boy, I hear you. Don't know if I can do it right now, but I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Maybe this is just the beginning of the process for you. And maybe this is the time. This is the final part. You know what? It is time to let it go. It's time to let it go. I, I, I've said I let it go, but I still talk about it. I still think about it. I still hold it against that person. It's time to let it go. And let's pray and believe as we sing and absorb the grace of God that's been given to us that we might be dispensers of grace to others. So God, we thank you for who you are, that majesty, king, the, the forgiveness you have offered us, extended to us the grace to forgive our debts. We thank you for that, Lord. We live in that. We lean into that. We lean into that as forgiven people. Help us to be forgiving people. So Holy Spirit, for that person who's like struggling right now, yeah, but you don't know this person. I, I don't have to know. Holy Spirit, you go to work. We just invite you right now. We receive your grace. We pray you give us the strength to be extenders and dispensers of that same grace. In your name, amen.